right, good morning. Longmont, Colorado today. We're at uh, <clears throat> Colorado 119 and uh, US 287. Uh, this is Main Street here in Longmont. Uh, this is a new location to me. I've been here about three or four times. I come here the fourth Friday of every month to Longmont. And, uh, but normally uh, I'm all the way up about a mile and a half, two miles, whatever it is, a mile, uh, up to 5th, 5th Street, 5th and Main, Main Street here. This is 287. So, uh, but we're here now because the Lord wants me here. Then I'll go up there after a couple hours, three hours here. All right. So uh, let's pray. So Lord, I think that we can come out to uh, Longmont. Uh, we can lift a banner. Uh, we can pass out gospel tracts. We can preach the gospel. We can make people know about heaven and about hell. Well, we can call people to repent. Uh, we can do all kinds of things for the kingdom of God. But we, whatever it is that we are doing, uh, we want to move by your spirit and not move by our flesh, not move by our own thinking, what, our own, what we think we should be doing. But we want to do what you want us to do, Lord, uh, by your spirit. And we welcome the Holy Spirit to give us the power to preach, power to minister, the power to witness for Jesus Christ our Savior. In your holy name, Jesus, we humbly pray. Amen and amen. So as typical, uh, uh, I don't know what they're doing out there. You got people on the, out there in the media and waving to people with banners or with uh, little signs, uh, but uh, they're collecting money, so I don't know what they're doing out there. But uh, I'm here and I'm collecting souls. <laughs> I'm collecting souls. That sun's pretty hot, but uh, let's get into this. This is the uh, Sunday prayer letter, As His Manner Was, and that title comes out of Acts 17, 2. And we're in the theme called Signs, Wonders, Miracles, Praise, Worship. Feels kind of funny talking because I have my earplugs in because it's so noisy out here because this is a big highway, two highways all converging here. And uh, I, I just, uh, it just bugs me when it gets too noisy. So I thought I'd put my earplugs in, but it's hard for me to hear myself talk. So. I can either, either way I can't hear myself talk, with all the noise or with the earplugs in. But uh, it's really important to protect your ears out on the street. So we're going to pre preach on part 6 and part 7, Friday and Saturday's message, Acts 17, verse 30, and we're also we're going to go all the way to 34. All right, so let's, uh, uh, let's read this and we'll come back and talk about it. Uh, so verse 30 in the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles in the King James Bible. And at the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. When they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, we will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed among them. Howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed, among the which was Dionysius, Dionysius uh, the Areopagite, and a woman named Demaria, Demaria, Demarius, and others with them. All right. So thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. So. Uh, Mari passed out several tracks this morning. Uh, my first track I passed out was to our driver of the bus. Uh, when I was waiting for the bus, there was probably six, uh, a handful of RTD drivers all standing around in a circle and uh, waiting for the runs to begin. And uh, I couldn't believe, uh, well, I didn't want to believe, um, I'm kind of, kind of glad I was only standing about 10 free from it because I'm a witness because their mouth was so foul and so wicked and so filled with trash. I didn't hear it when I first walked up. Everybody was talking normal. But the moment I got there after about a minute or two or three minutes, because I stood there for about 10 minutes waiting for the bus to load. But uh, after two or three minutes, uh, it, I kept looking at them and, and uh, then uh, one or two of the guys started this foul, I mean, every other word was a curse word. But he wasn't doing that early because he had, you know, he had a large, loud mouth, had a large volume, had a lot of volume. 
so you can hear them. And I heard them walking up, talking, and everything sounded normal. They were just shooting the breeze, you know, waiting for the run to begin. But when I got there, uh, it appears that he noticed me and began talking evil. Now there's nasty, you know, foul mouth. And uh, I looked at him a few times and turned my back on him, and I kept my back to him. And then uh, the driver started loading my bus, uh, the Longmont bus, and uh, he put my banner down below and, and uh, let me get on board. And uh, he said, uh, he gave me a pass, an all-day pass, God bless him, and he said, have a good weekend. And he was one of the guys who was, you know, wasn't talking very good. And uh, when I got off the bus here in Longmont, and uh, we went off the bus to get underneath where the luggage bay is for my banner. Uh, I wanted to give him a gospel track. He said, no, I don't, no, I, I'm good, I'm good. That's what he did. Threw his arm, uh, stepped back a foot, no, I'm good. He didn't want a gospel, I'll put it back in my pocket. Have a good day, man. I don't care. And uh, uh, so I walked down the street about two blocks, and because, uh, you know, three, three blocks to here, I think, or whatever it is. I can't remember all the exactness. I don't want people to judge me on every little thing I do. But uh, whatever it is from that bus stop way over there to here, however long that is. <laughs> I'm so sick of that. <laughs> you didn't say this right, John. It's actually three blocks, not four blocks, or not one. I mean, I, I just, it's amazing. Uh, people nitpick the little things. They can't see the heaven. They want to look at the little rock that's down there right in front of them. Anyways, uh, Jesus talked about that. So I was walking down there, and one of the a guy was in his car getting ready to pull out, and he saw me, and he was like this, waving, smiling at me. So I walked in front of his car, and he rolled the window down, and said, "God bless you." So I was able to come back here, and give him a couple gospel tracks, three gospel tracks. Told him to you keep one and give two away. He said, "All right, man. Thank you very much." Told him to keep me in prayer, and we talked for just for a moment, but he really uplifted me up. And then I walked another few feet, and I met another guy who I was able to talk to. Uh, and then I got to the corner, walked across the street. As soon as I got here, another guy came by. I said, God bless you, brother, and I talked to him for a moment. So, you know, uh, you need to be available all the time. So there is one, uh, two, uh, three, let's see, one, two, three, four people, and I haven't even got started yet. I didn't see anybody walking to the bus stop. It was pretty quiet in Boulder. So always be witnessing, always be doing what you can to sow the Word of God. Amen? Because of our title. I think this is going to be our title. This is what I kind of found in class this morning. And the title would be, All Men Everywhere to Repent. All Men Everywhere to Repent. All Men. Mankind. Let's just go back up to 30. And the times of this ignorance, God winked at. Ignorance. So, uh, I think I talked about that in Louisville. I'm not certain of that. But ignorance is not uh, stupid. Not... Uh, 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 not lack of intelligence. Ignorance is mean you don't understand something. Like I'm ignorant to flying a jet airplane. I have no clue how to fly a jet airplane. So I'm ignorant. Now I'm not stupid, but I'm ignorant to the ways of flying a jet or an airplane. My son is not ignorant. My son can fly. He's a pilot. So he can fly. But I'm ignorant. I'm his son. We're blood. But I'm ignorant and he's he has the knowledge to fly helicopters and fly planes. He's a pilot. He's been flying for years and years and years. And uh, But I don't have any of that. I mean, I've flown before, but if it wasn't for the guy right beside me, I wouldn't have flown at all because he didn't really teach me. He just let me fly. I said, he just let me figure it out. I thought, well, that's cool. So let's go, man. And I took off and I flew. But I didn't know anything about what I was doing. I was really ignorant. But he was sitting right beside me. And it was in a brand spanking new Cessna. Still had the plastic on the, sh on the seats. I mean, it smelled brand new. It just got delivered. And the salesman of Cessna down in Las Vegas, I pulled my rig over on the highway, walked up to Cessna. I thought I'd take a tour of the Cessna plant. And I uh, walked in the office. It says, I, I'm a long haul trucker. I'm owner operator. I got my rig outside there. And I just wanted to take a tour of the plant. And I said, well, before I do that, uh, why don't we take a phone? We just got a new Cessna in. I want to go fly. Do you want to go fly with me? I said, yeah, sure, let's go. <laughs> so we went out to this low wing. Um, had a, it was a six-seater uh, Cessna and had a, you know, low, wings were down low. Had two, four, six seats and a luggage area behind that last seat. 
and uh, he let me get in the pilot's side. I was in that pilot seat. He was in the co-pilot seat. Says, take off. And so he showed me. We, he, I got, I got started. He didn't do anything. He said, do this, do that. I did this. I did that. I, everything he said, I just did. And uh, we taxied out, got on the runway, and pointed out. Says, let's go. And we just put the. I just. He showed me how to put the throttle on, and he said, now ease it back. And I eased it back, and I took off, and we flew around Las Vegas. Showed me how to fly. Told me how to fly, and then we said, okay, well, how you like this? This is pretty cool. So we came back down, he said, oh, he wanted to fly. He just, it just came in, brand new, brand spanking new. And uh, so we were coming down to the uh, runway, and uh, but I couldn't seem to get the plane to touch on the runway. He said, that's the hardest part. Uh, Cause you know, it's still a, some distance above the runway. So he just, he just took the controls for a moment and set the plane on the runway, then gave the controls back to me and watched. We, you know, cruised down the runway, slowed down, and went over and parked it. But I'm ignorant. I didn't know what I was doing. See, that's how a lot of Christians are. They think they know what they're doing, but they're ignorant because they're not born again. They call themselves Christians, but they're not born again. See, I, I wasn't a pilot, but I was flying. See how that is? My son is a pilot. He knows all about it. He can tear a helicopter down and rebuild it. That's what his job was. And he'd fly those Black Hawk helicopters. And now he's flying some other kind of plane right now. Now he has all that knowledge, all that book learning, everything. He knows exactly what to do if something happened. He knows it all. I don't know anything, but I could fly. I have flown before, but I don't know what I was doing. I was ignorant. So sometimes people look very religious, but they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. And a lot of people come up to you. A lot of Christians come up to me who they call themselves Christians and uh, they don't know the Bible. They don't know what they're saying. And if I ask them anything about the Word of God, they haven't got a clue what I'm saying. Yeah, and they look like the devil. They look like they're serving Satan, but they say, oh, I love Jesus. God bless you, brother. And I, well, who is this guy? You know, I don't know. I mean, that's God's deal, but I'm not letting you know. So that, So some of these people that come by me uh, they could be ignorant to how to live for Jesus Christ. Now, they might be saved, but they might be ignorant. So that's what our job as teachers. That's why there's one of the offices, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. It's not pastor-teacher. I wish people stopped doing that. It's pastor, which is an office, and there's another office called teacher. All of us can teach. The apostle can preach, the prophet can teach, the evangelist can teach, and the pastor can teach. So pastors don't own that gift, that office of teaching. They do teach a lot, no doubt about it, but they do a pastoral shepherding office. Teachers are not shepherds. That's a different deal. So anyways, but see, people are ignorant because they don't study the Word of God. They copy other people. So I'm always asking people, stop copying. Copy Jesus. Copy Jesus. Amen? I mean, why not, right? And the times of this ignorance, God winked at, you know? And I, that's an ongoing thing. So at the ignorance of this here, but in today's world, in the last several couple hundred years, uh, uh, God has stopped winking at the Bible version issue. That's how I'm looking at it. Because he's calling a lot of people short. That's why there's such a big division when I talk about the Bible, the version of the Bible. That divides, and so that lets me know when there's that division that Satan is coming in because God doesn't divide. Not yet, not yet. there will be a time when he'll separate the sheep from the goats, but that's not right now, because it rains on the just and the unjust, the wheat and the tares grow together. It's not the time of the harvest yet. So, God's not dividing. Satan is always dividing, because if you can divide, you can conquer. You can divide, you can let it fall apart. You cut something in half, it falls apart. You know, if you don't cut it in half, it doesn't fall apart. That's why he comes into marriages, husband and wife. They have a division. They have a, a wedge that gets shoved into their marriage, and they spreads them apart. Eventually, they fall apart, and the marriage falls apart. Brothers and sisters do that. Friends do that. Churches do that. That's all from Satan, all right? So that's why the Bible version issue is from Satan, not from God, not from God. But see, people don't get that. 
they, they ch I don't know what I don't know why people don't get that but I don't know I don't know that's God's deal God winked at but now commandeth all men all mankind all of mankind now is required God's desiring it the door is open the opportunity is here for all men male female Gentile Hebrew boys and girls everybody every person on the planet everywhere every person on the entire globe that's pretty uh everywhere right there's no place that's not everywhere is there a place on earth that is not somewhere no everywhere is everywhere there's no place not covered with the gospel of Jesus Christ no place it is everywhere all right everywhere and it's all men everywhere to do what to have a good time to go get drunk to go get stoned to go fornicate right to go play right to, to watch all your pornography to have a foul cursive mouth right is that what it is is that what it is well not really it says here to repent r-e-p-e-n-t why do you want to repent because the kingdom of god is at hand jesus brought and opened up the kingdom of god for all to come in the door is open all you gotta do is come in unfortunately it's only one single door it's not three doors pick door one pick door two pick door three it's not that it's not fifteen thousand different doors it's one single door and that door is kind of the size of a person in other words, two people can't go in the door by together, one at a time. That's how skinny the door is, because you can't bring your wife into the into salvation. You have the wife has to get saved, the husband has to get saved. You can't bring your children with you; they have to get saved. You can't bring your best friend. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring my best friend with me, and we're gonna go to the party. Well, that's possible, but you're not gonna go through the door to go to heaven. Every single person has to do it on their own, by themselves. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, well, I go. I have a big family. We're all Christians in our family. Really? Are you born again? Well, I live in. You know, I hear all kinds of excuses. You know, I go to a good church. They say, I, whatever the case may be, you must be born again. Everybody must be born again, and you're born again by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus says, "I am the door." And that door, once again, is just wide enough for us to walk through. It's not wide enough for two people. It's wide enough for one person to go through, however big you are, however skinny you are, or however short you are. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Size does not matter. It's your heart. It's your spirit. Your spirit goes through that door, not your flesh. Get that, too. You might be 10,000 pounds overweight. <laughs> but you can still go through that door because your spirit is not overweight. Your spirit, just your body is. Or you might be, you might have the other problem where you might be 90 pounds, skin and bones. Doesn't matter. Your spirit is the same, your spirit is one size. Your spirit goes through that door, not your flesh. Amen? I don't know why I'm hot on soul when today. I might be leading somebody to the Lord today. It's really hot on my... I woke up that I woke up this morning. I woke up at 4:30 this morning with that on my mind. I couldn't go back to sleep. I just kept praying from 4:30 to 5:30. Finally, I got up and the alarm went off at 10 to 6. But I was already in the Lord. I was in the Spirit this morning. Hallelujah! This is amazing. Really unusual day this morning. It was so unusual that when the class got started, there was nobody in the classroom. I was the only one for like the first five, ten minutes, and I thought that was weird. Because for the last 19 classes, there's always been people waiting and people showing up right away. And I thought, wow, something is, something is really strange here. And I thought, well, I'm going to get started anyway. I'm here. I'm going to get started in class. I thought that was kind of odd. Uh, I mean, you know, Friday is an odd day. Uh, a lot of people are off. A lot of people go traveling. Uh, a lot of people take off. You know, I don't know. The times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. All men everywhere to repent. 
Next verse. Because he, because, why? Because he hath appointed a day. He appointed a day. So he already knew he was going to appoint that day before he actually said it to everybody. So now we already know that there is one day set aside that he's going to do something pretty amazing. And that day is this. Because he has appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness. How are you standing before the Lord? Are you standing pure and without blame? Or are you standing there naked and poor and destitute, ashamed of yourself? There's two types of people. I, now, I don't understand how all that works. Maybe somebody else does. I don't need to know it because it doesn't get people saved as far as I'm concerned. But a lot of people ought to get into some details. I don't, I don't know where the judgment is. Is it going to be before the throne of God? Or is it going to be off one side of heaven? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. So good, she's getting in trouble. You can't walk on the island like that. Good, the cop told her to get off the island. Good deal. That's very dangerous. You want to be safe. You want to be where people, cops are going to tell you, you're not supposed to be there because that's unsafe, right? There's some guy over there and some lady over here with a sign walking up and down the median. Uh, so she, yeah, she's going to get off the street now, probably. Let's see what she does. I don't know what the sign says. I can't read it. She hasn't looked over. She hasn't waved or anything. Anyways, let's keep going. Because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge. Who's going to judge? God. God, the maker of heaven and earth and all that is within it. The maker. The one who owns it all. It's his deal, not yours. This is his. And so we all, when you, when you build some, you kind of, you can like my banner, I can take care of my banner so it doesn't destroy itself because that banner is going to fly for probably a thousand hours. It flies all year long and it gets pretty beat up. Like right now, all the seams are kind of uh, being wore out. It's getting wore, and it's getting wore out. I mean, in the wintertime, it freezes like it's almost going to crack or break. In the summertime, it like melts on the uh, rack, on the framework there. It's uh, really wild because uh, I put the banner through a lot of work. I put the banner to work. It doesn't sit in my closet all year long. I put it to work. I put all my tools to work. Everything God's given me, I put it to work. Like this camera, I put it to work, this phone. You know? Yeah, so he came off the median too. Good. I don't know what they're doing. Begging for some. A lot of beggars. Everybody's begging for money. That'll never go away. It'll never go away. You'll never get rid of the poor, ever. A lot of civilizations say we're going to eradicate the poor. The poor is not going to be anymore. Yeah, well, that's not, that's not how it is. There'll always be the poor. Jesus said it. That's why we know that. The poor will always be among you. Jesus said that. He's the Word of God. He's the truth. He's the Creator. He knows. And you, t you say something that's contrary to the Word of God, and you call yourself a Christian? Yeah, was, I think that was Eisenhower or, or one of Taft, maybe it was Taft, President Taft, one of the presidents back there who said, we're going to eradicate all the poor. No more poor. Really? And he called himself a believer in Jesus Christ. You see how, see, see how that is? I don't know if people catch that, but I catch it. I'm listening. I have ears to hear, even though I got earplugs in. I have ears to hear. And, you know, I feel like I need to apologize because I come across very hard, very direct, and very kind of in people's face. Uh, I don't know why I do that. That's just who I am. I guess that's my ministry. I don't know that. Uh, but. Uh, I know a lot of people don't talk this way, don't preach this way, but I do. And uh, the Lord's never said, don't do it, do it this way. So I keep going, I just keep moving. I keep moving. I don't let people who say, I don't like your preaching, I don't like the way you do it. I, you know, I, I just keep on going. I say, well, thank you very much. Have a good day. Bye-bye. I just keep on trucking, man. I just do, you know. And I'll let my actions prove me. See, I'll let my actions prove my faith. I'll let my actions, my work, uh, confirm my ministry. 
instead of me trying to confirm it by look at me, look at me, look at me, I said just look look what look what's happened, whatever the case may be. So that's a word for somebody out there trying to confirm your own ministry. You don't confirm your own ministry. Jesus confirms your ministry. And if your ministry is on the flesh, he won't confirm it. If your ministry is by faith, he'll confirm your ministry. Because your ministry is the word of faith, the word of God. He confirms his word. It's another word for somebody out there. All right. Does he have the point of the day which he will judge the world? Judge the world. Everybody in the world. He's not going to judge your dog or your cat or your pet hamster. Sorry. He's not going to, you know, that is another deal, another deal altogether. I tell you, it takes a, this guy off to my left right here sitting in this car, it's a lady, uh, staring at me. She won't pull out in traffic, she just stares at me. You know, you really have to have, uh, you really, sometimes to be at it, you really have to have some uh, confidence about yourself. Because, uh, you know, I got this bright green shirt on, got my banner, it says Jesus across it. I didn't, I had, don't unroll it because it's not wide enough for me to unroll it and do this. Got my orange cones out here. So, I mean, it's all pointed towards me, but I'm doing this camera here. It's obvious what I'm doing. I'm preaching, and I got the Bible in my hand. It says the Word of God, the Holy Bible. People know what I'm doing out here, and it, uh, <laughs> it, uh, so you have to kind of, uh, know who you are. You have to have that assurance that what you're doing is what God has told you to do. <laughs> All right. I love it myself because I, I want to be a witness, man. I want people to say, man, if that guy can go on that street corner and preach, I'm going to do that too. Yeah. Unfortunately, I still don't have anybody who comes out and preaches. Everybody's too busy. Oh, that's, I don't want to do that, John. That's all right. That's all right. It's all right. It's not really all right, but it's all right, I guess, because you don't want to do it. People do what they want to do. What God wants them to do means nothing to most Christians. I hope that's another word, too. Lay your life down. Quit picking your life up and said, oh, give me, give me, give me, give me, God. You're my sugar daddy, God. Help me to do everything in my life. I mean, I'm so sick of that. You know why I ask people to pray for this ministry? I don't need their prayer. I mean, I'd like it, I'll use it. But the reason I do that is I wanna put them to work. I give them chores to do. Because that might be the only time they pray for this ministry. And God will record that. Like this guy over here, I gave him three gospel tracts. Keep one and give two away. I put them to work. I want you to hand those two out. And I want you to keep me in prayer. So I gave him two assignments. I'm putting people to work everywhere I go. It's not about me, it's about their account in heaven. And all too often people don't do a thing so their account is empty, empty. But when they get around me, I put people to work every single day. Pretty sure, yeah, every day. I just don't want to get them saved, I want them to go to work. Go to work, go to work, go to work, go to work, go to work. Punch in, get to work. Amen? All right, let's keep on going here. Uh, all men everywhere to repent because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness, right standing with him, by that man, that man, which man? Buddha? Oh man, Jesus Christ, only begotten Son of God. There's only one Christ, there's only one Messiah. There's not 18 different Messiahs. I know, I know the Hebrew people are looking for a different Messiah because they don't like that Messiah. They want the Messiah that they like. That their flesh, that their brain says, well, that's the Messiah. You know, they don't want what the Word of God says. The Word of God, when they read it, know, they know what the Messiah looks like. But when, they, when the Messiah actually showed up, they said, oh, I don't want that one. I want one, I think, it's crazy. You know? I don't want that street preacher. <laughs> I want another street preacher who shows all the wickedness out on the street. I don't want to watch some street preacher preach at me. I want to see uh, action. I want to see uh, blah, blah, blah. 
I'm gonna have entertainment, I'm gonna have drama. Click, I don't want Preacher John. <laughs> That's why a lot of those guys have thousands and thousands and thousands of views. Because people love the entertainment aspect of street preaching. Sorry, I'm not an entertainer. I'm not an entertainer, I'm a preacher of the Word of God. in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. Wow, praise God. Man, son of man, son of God, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. God bless you guys. Everybody honks, nobody stops, because everybody's in a hurry to go someplace. What time is it? It's probably lunchtime. Well, it's 10 o'clock when I got here, so it's not quite lunch yet. But everybody's driving around like they've got to go someplace. I mean, what? I mean, it's just crazy, right? People are racing around in their life, racing around in their life, trying to get someplace in life. And the sad thing is, nobody knows their last day. They think they're gonna live forever. They're gonna live another 50, 60, 70, 100 years, and nobody treats it serious. They don't treat their life serious. Anyways, that's another thing. I understand too, I'm an old guy and I've been doing this a long time. So I've seen a lot of things in my life. I'm not 20 years old. I'm not just getting started in my life. Uh, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot. And so old guys like me sometimes have to watch our, uh, our anger, our uh, determination to force people to do something. Because we see the times, the times are at hand. You know, the darkness is coming. Winter is on its way. Your last day is approaching. Your last day is approaching. It's not going further away. It's coming towards you and you're going towards it, like this. You're closing the gap faster than you realize. Your last day is not stationary, and you are not stationary. Both of you are moving inward, and that depends on God, right? Like my last day, where's my last day? I don't know, but I'm at the day that God says I've appointed, you know, I've given men three score and 10 years, I'm right there. So where's my last day? I don't, is it, I don't know where it is. So I'm gonna treat like today, uh, what is this, uh, this 22nd of September, 2023, as my last day. This could be my last day. Yeah, so I'm gonna treat it with everything I can. I'm gonna win as many souls. I'm gonna pass out as many gospel tracts. I got 30 tracts with me. And I've got uh, 5, 10, 50, I got $30. $30 to hand to the poor. And uh, I've got uh, six uh, church cards, and uh, I've got a Bible. I, I've got things, I've got tools, okay? But we'll see what happens. So I keep going off on this. I'm really hot on this. I don't know what it is about today. Today I'm all about winning, soul winning. All right, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. When you receive Jesus Christ, you have assurance in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And if you know Jesus was resurrected from the dead, then you will also be resurrected from the dead because you are in Jesus. Jesus was resurrected because you're inside Jesus. You too will be resurrected. But we'll be resurrected unto life we won't experience resurrection unto death, that second death. But everybody will experience death the first time. Those who have their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, who, have, who are born again, won't experience death number two. Death number two, there's not three, there's just two. One and two. You have a choice to make. You can take one and two or just one. It's your choice. Not God's, not your church, not your mom or your dad, not your best friend, not your grandma or grandpa. It's your choice. You get to choose which do I want just the first death 
and not the second death? Or do I want the first death and the second death? It's, it's, it's up to you, man. It's up to you. It's up to you. I mean, seriously. And if you're already born again and you don't want to experience that, you're not going to experience the second death, then what are you doing about it? Are you telling others what I'm telling you here? Because that's what I'm going to do today. Once I lift that banner, I'm going to keep on preaching out here. After two, three hours, then I'll walk up to Fifth and Main and I'll preach up there. I'm going to cover Longmont with the Word of God today. I'm going to call people to repentance today and I'm going to ask them to be saved. I'm going to ask God for the heathen. For heaven, I'm going to ask the sinner to be saved. Are you, are you asking God to save souls today? I mean, that's a part of my prayer. Lord, I ask it for every soul here in Longmont, according to your will, Father. I ask God for every soul in Longmont, because I'm called to Longmont today. I'm not praying for Boulder. I'm not praying for Lafayette or Fort Con I'm not praying for anything. I'm praying for Longmont today. And I'm asking God for every soul inside of Longmont today for the kingdom of God, according to the will of the Father. The Bible says you don't receive because you don't ask. And then the Bible says you don't ask, you don't receive because you don't ask properly. You ask amiss. The word of God says to ask for the heathen for our inheritance. What's our inheritance? That's heaven, man. Jesus Christ is our inheritance. You ask in souls, for, for the kingdom of God, for Jesus Christ. I put the word of God to work in my prayers. Now, I don't pray, dear God, thank you for today. Amen. Have a good day, God. I'll see you later tonight when I pray at bedtime. Dear God, bless my food. Thank you. I don't pray like you, John, because I'm conservative. I'm a conservative minister. I dress and talk a certain way. I'm a traditionalist. I only do things a certain way. We don't do all that stuff. All right, have fun. He hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 32, and when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, so they must have had ears to hear because they heard resurrection, but they didn't teach resurrection. You know what they were teaching? They were teaching reincarnation, not resurrection, not life that you were raised from the dead. No, they weren't teaching that. They were teaching humanism. And part of humanism says, if you don't get it right the first time, you get to come back and do it a second time. And if you don't get it right that time, you can come back again, and again, and again, and again. I met a lot of devils here in Boulder, and Longmont, Colorado. Devils inside of people. That said, I've been living here for 400 years. I'm 450 years old. Is it really? Ah, you look pretty young. You look like you're only 20 years old. <laughs> I've heard so much stuff out here, it's ridiculous. Oh man, nobody can fool me. I've heard everything in the world, I think. Anyways, uh, and when they heard the, the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. Some mocked. Paul's a babbler, John's a babbler, every preacher's a babbler. All those Pentecostal, all those spirit-filled people, they're just a bunch of babblers. Those guys who lay hands on the sick and get well, they're all work for the devil. It's all signs from Satan. That's what, uh, that's what they say. All right, well, God bless you. Have a great day. And others said, we will hear thee again of this matter. We're so uh, uppity. Uh, we want to hear this again, please. Uh, uh, we want to intellectualize it just a little bit more and kind of twist it a little bit more, make it to our liking. We'll hear it again at our desire, not yours. 
Leave Paul, leave Paul. <laughs> go John, go John. <laughs> Just leave, leave, leave me alone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, we gotta get to the end. Verse 33. So Paul departed among from among them. So Paul departed. I wonder what Paul did. Shook off the dust of his feet to the mockers? Yeah. Did Paul say, oh, you guys are all going to hell? He didn't say, I didn't record that. Um, I don't know. Paul departed. Said, all right. See you later. God bless you. Have a good night. Yeah. We'll see you at the judgment, I guess. I don't know what he said. How be it, verse 34, how be it certain men clave unto him, C-L-A-V-E, unto Paul, and believed, among which was Dionysus. Dion, Dion, Sorry, uh, the Arabagite, er, 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 oh, whatever, something like that, I apologize. And a woman named Damarius, and others with them. I listened to this over and over and over again, and I still can't get the words. I apologize for this, but, you know, these are Greek names. These are Greek people, and Greek people have Greek names. And, uh, if God wanted to give the English here, he would have given the English. God would have done that. Because a lot of these Greek names, you can interpret into English. And in some places, God did do that. But we can't change the Bible to match what we think it should say. See, that's called, <laughs> that's called no-no. <laughs> you don't want to do that. But people do it all the time. Yeah, I was listening to a big famous preacher over there in Singapore, and I kept trying to find, he, he had his, the, the verse, the Bible verse that he was preaching out of, up on his big reader, you know, this big massive stadium thing, and uh, he had it up there on the reader board, and I, normally what I do is I pause the video, and so I try to find the Bible he's preaching out of. So I'll do a lot of searches trying to find it, and I couldn't find it. I searched and searched and searched, I got what Bible version is he preaching out of? So I came to the conclusion that he was taking the King James and changing it to uh, make it sound the way he wanted it to sound and say. And I, when I recognized that, then I saw it. Every verse after that, I said, oh man, that's King James, and he changed all those words on these big reader boards. I thought, wow, wonder what God's gonna say about that. That's. I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. I'm not talking about preaching. When we preach, we kind of, you know, we, we kind of stir the word up a little bit. But when we're quoting a verse, we want to quote it the way it's supposed to be quoted. That's why I need to read it out of the Bible if I'm going to quote a verse. Because you know, I don't know. It says right here, listen to this. How be a certain men clave, C-L-A-V-E. The Lord wants me to highlight this word clave. There's a reason why God used the word clay. Uh, it's like a clasp. It's like grip. It's like a vice grip. Uh, a vice grip, yeah, that's a tool that you could cinch it down to, uh, like for pipes. You can put a vice grip there and it clamps down like a clamp, a clamp or a, a clasp. But this is clave, C-L-A, clave. So uh, how do you find out what that means, clave? You go to the Bible. And in 2 Samuel 23.10 is uh, 20, uh, 2 Samuel 23.10. Oh, how about that? Turn right to it. 2 Samuel 23.10. Where is it? Right here. 2 Samuel 23. We're talking about the word clave here. Uh, he arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clave unto the sword and the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to spoil. So he was, his hand grew weary of his sword when he was doing battle with the Philistines. So God gave him like a vice grip on that sword. So his hand claved to the sword, like a vice grip. He clasped the sword. All right, got it? That was, uh, now let's go over to, uh, see, I, I chain reference. I talked about this morning the Bible in the class, 2 Kings 18.6, 2 Kings 18.6. 2 
Second uh, Kings 18, 6. 18, 6. All right here. Second uh, Kings 18, verse 6. But he clave to the Lord, clave to the Lord, and departed not from him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord commanded Moses. He clave to the Lord. He had a vice grip, a solid clasp on the Lord Jesus Christ. He was hooked into Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Lord. He clave to the Lord and departed not. To clasp is to depart not. You can't let it, you have to pry for it. Kind of like when people die, they have uh, that thing that happens to their body, they, it cinches down, they rig rigor mortis, yeah. It just, and you gotta pry, I mean, it becomes like a vice grip. Clave, clasp, grip. For he clave to the Lord. We need to be doing that too. We need to clasp ourselves to the Lord. Hang on with your life. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> kind of like when I fly in my banner. Sometimes I gotta clave to the banner and stir it in the wind. <laughs> I feel like I'm windsurfing out here on the street corner. Uh, Isaiah. 48, 21, Isaiah 48, 21. Isaiah 48, uh, 21. Isaiah 48, 21. And they thirsted not when he led them through the deserts. He caused the waters to flow out of the rock for them. He claved the rock also, and the waters gushed out. He clasped the rock. He hung onto the rock with all of his might, and the water came out. You see, that's what was happening here in Acts 17, verse 34. How be it certain men clave, they clasped themselves, they attached themselves, vice-gripped themselves to Paul and believed. They didn't want to let Paul go. Maybe they were afraid that they would have been pulled away. That's what good ground does. When you sow your seed into different fields, the soil cannot clave to the seed because it falls on rocks, it falls on the wayside, it falls on weeds. But when it falls in good ground, that good dirt claves around the seed, doesn't let it go. And that seed can germinate and send out a root and send up a blade. And that good soil clasp is like my new flower bed. It claves to the roots of the plants I transplanted. You can see it. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's how we have to live. We clave to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we can clasp, we can fasten ourselves, we can clave to you, Lord Jesus. We can hang on to you with everything we've got. And by the Spirit of God, we have the power to hold tight, to hold you close to us. Because when the storm blows, when the wind blows, our house doesn't blow down because our house is claved to the rock. Hallelujah. When the floods rise, we are claved to the rock. It doesn't go anywhere. When the Antichrist comes, we're claved to the rock. He can't make us repent. He can't make us denounce our Savior. We hold tight. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so tomorrow, Saturday, that's my day off, my Sabbath rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll write to, uh, the Sunday prayer letter will come out Sunday morning. Uh, if you're not subscribed to our Sunday prayer letter, please do that if you want. If you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do if you want. Uh, if you want to, uh, please attend to our, our live session, class Monday through Friday, 7 to 8, 8 a.m. Uh, please do if you want to. If you don't, that's fine. Uh, or watch it after you get off work or tonight sometime. And uh, a lot of people can't attend because they're working. I understand that. I work too. But I'm not working now. I'm retired and I'm working for the Lord. I'm giving all my time. Instead of playing like most retired people do, I'm giving all my time. Now that I'm retired, we can go play now and do all the things we've always wanted to do. Well, all the things I've wanted to do all my life is to preach full time all the time. And guess what? God has honored that prayer request. I've been praying that, it seemed like, all my life. I've been wanting to quit and preach full time. 
just day after day after day preach and minister. And, uh, but I've had to work, like all of us have to work. But I'm retired now, and a lot of people are watching me. Probably about 10% of the people I'm watching are watching this channel right now, are 65 and above. That's what YouTube says. But how many of you 65 and above watching this are out preaching the Word of God? That's up to you, between you and God. God bless you, man. I love you very much. Take care. Bye-bye.